Welcome back, Everyday Business Leaders. I'm Melanie Ake, the host for your show today, coming to you from JP the Geek Studio right here in Greenwood. We're thrilled to have you with us. We are connecting and celebrating remarkable business leaders from our very own community. They're redefining the way we think and grow. Remember, follow us on our channel and turn on your notifications so you'll never miss an episode. Today, we have another exciting segment in store for you from business innovation and inspirational leaders. Chip Helm is in the studio. We're celebrating five years since he's visited with us. Welcome, Chip. Thank you, Melanie. It's a pleasure. And again, <laughs> Melanie, let's just say, how come I'm getting older and you look better? So I, I don't get this. So oh, I love you. You can explain that somehow, but, you know, it is what it is. We have a long history. A long Probably too history. long. I was saying uh, when we first met, it has been over 20 years ago because we were in the same medical device company. And we met, we connected, we worked a lot of collaboration efforts together in two different kind of uh, specialties in, in the company. And then you became an author. We celebrated that. You've joined me on my first year for the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Yep. We did some amazing stuff. We did audio podcast. We also joined with Carrie Curry from Curry Buick and, and did one of ours in the Kelly School of Business boardroom. That was amazing. And by the way, Carrie told me to tell you hello. Aww. I just saw him the other day, said I'll be here uh, on your podcast. He just uh, he just has so many good things to say about you. It was really great to see him again and then almost connect you back to him. So uh, it was great. Well, you know, that's the thing, right? History leaders grow into who they're going to develop into. And you have done some incredible things. You have written two books on sales. And so I wanted to kind of celebrate you in that because launching, writing a book is a real, real strenuous process. And I remember you said it took you 12 years <laughs> to write your book. Felt but, like 30. But, yes. <laughs> but we had a book launch and, um, and we really celebrated that process because you add value to so many universities and community programs for youth that are trying to understand how to sell in business. Um, so tell me where you are now. What's going on in your life? Give us some updates from the last five years. You've got three kids that have graduated as doctors. That's really exciting. Let's just start there. <laughs> Let's start with my three kids because um, that's where the legacy is. You know, I mean, whatever I've done in my career and all the leadership courses and teaching and speaking and writing those couple books doesn't mean anything to me except for the, the way that, that my children have uh, been raised and have, and done what they've done. They're better people than they are whatever professions they're in. My oldest is an orthopedic surgeon resident at UT Houston. My daughter's a large breed veterinarian in Virginia. And last but not least, can't forget Sam, <laughs> who just did a crown, by the way, in my mouth. It could use, by the way, anybody out there that needs dental work at the dental school, please, <laughs> And uh, he's in his third year of dental school. So uh, that means more to me than anything. That means I we did something right. We did uh, lead them correctly. Um, so that was the most important thing to me. Your family is amazing. And don't forget Cirilla. Like, she does amazing things. She's in a the glue. <laughs> she is. By the way, uh, I still say this when people ask, what happened? Well, they got their brains from Cirilla. That's what I say every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just shake my head. Yeah, all the brains came from her. And people said, I know. It couldn't have been you. So I get it. And I'll take that back seat, but yeah, you're right. Uh, if it wasn't for her and, and taking care of the family as through my travels the last 38 years in the medical industry, uh, I've been away from home a lot sometimes, and uh, she's taking care of business, as, as you would say. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. We need to get her on the show. We do. We can twist her arm, right? She's a lot better than me. Oh. <laughs> she help, she'd be a lot better guest. <laughs> No, you guys, it's a team effort. And so I want to talk about the things that you really have gone to, you know, the things that you've learned in your life. I know Mm -hmm. you were at your story and some people may not know this. So I'd like to just kind of touch on it again. You really started thinking out that you were going to be a dentist to follow your dad. So now with Sam following in those footsteps, how does that feel on your reflection point of like, wow, that was that was a point in your life, too, where you were kind of striving to do things like that. Yeah, you brought up a very interesting time in my life. Right now, the hair of my arms have been raised up uh, thinking that, uh, you know, I tried really hard to become a dentist. It just wasn't meant to be for me. I had uh, some hand-eye issues, coordination issues with small hand-eye back then, and it was devastating to me. Uh, I just I'll always remember the day that I had to go back. I wrote a card uh to my parents, I sat down over the holidays, and my dad opened up the card, and he cried, I cried, and and nothing more I wanted so badly in my life was to be a dentist and work with my father. So it just didn't work out, but I mean, things are meant to be as they are. And so now, fast forward up about how many years, uh, my younger son, I know my father's upstairs trying to pull him into orthodontics. Um, I think he'll be a great dentist, but he's a better person anyway. But yeah, it was, it's great to see the evolution of how what happens uh, in life. And for me to be able to say, hey, at least, at least he's going to become an orthodontist and and continue that uh, dental profession in our family. Mm -hmm. It's so great, that legacy, right? And I think that's the heart of a leader is, you know, that sometimes you're in a different position, although you're really inspiring people to kind of see what their gifts are. And that's what you and Cirilla have really created with your family. So I really respect you for that. It's a big lesson. Right. I know the medical device industry has been really tough, especially through COVID and over the last 10 years. And I was saying I've been gone from the company that we work yeah. together in as long as I work there. And it yeah. just doesn't seem like time has passed so fast. But things have changed. You know, the regulations have changed. The competition has changed. Um, how do you think kind of the industry itself is going to survive? What do you see kind of as a, as a leader of the future? Uh, what do you think some of the leaders are doing that is spectacular that you've seen? Well, first of all, the medical industry has changed a lot in the last 10 years or so. I mean, the pandemic didn't help uh, people working remotely and, you know, figuring things out. And as like I was telling um, your husband Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, through the pandemic, you learn a lot of new tools and you have a new toolbox. And uh, we all uh, got better, you know, at some things, you know speaking over the phone and writing emails and text messages and and trying to learn those kind of skills because we weren't in front of people. I still believe face-to-face is the best. Um, But but going back directly to your question about leadership of how that's impacting the industry moving forward, uh, I still believe in the empathy and the sympathy and part of the, the leadership quality. I believe that 
you know, you've got to be, um, as I say, eat, eat or be humble pie. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to care more about other people than you care about yourself. Um, I always said that if you treat customers well, they treat you well. It's, you know, it's all about the customer because it's the customer is the only one that's going to take care of you down the road. I mean, we were just talking to earlier about businesses. What is a business? A business is a sales organization. I don't care what business you're in. You're in a sales organization business now. So is your husband. So is everyone. We've got to get back to understanding that every business that we do in life and anything we do is a basically evolves and it revolves around a sales organization. Everything else branches off in that, how you lead it, how you, you know, teach people for developing them. But so I, I think that's the direction we gotta to continue to go for any kind of business, any kind of medical company, let's just speak to medical companies, they're going to survive. Number one, they've got to make sure they admit their sales organization first. And then how do you lead that sales organization? Because you know what? If you don't sell a widget or you don't sell a concept or you don't sell yourself, what are you going to do? I mean, that's how we all survive, right? That's how we all become successful, right? Mm-hmm. You, Everyone has to sell something, Right. Something in their business to be successful. So, Talk about innovation, because I know we've both been involved in, in the industry that has been very innovative. Right. We think of, uh, I was in the GI section of medicine, you were in surgery. And those two components, I say a lot of times people that haven't had exposure to the medical device world, they don't realize that there are shared ideas between specialties and so much technology and development from these physicians that come through school and their residents and they and they really decide like, hey, I learned something in one part of my life that then I can maybe design a new technology for another division. And I saw a lot of that happening working with some of the leaders and the yeah. key opinion leaders. Um, what has changed, do you think, what's been the biggest like aha moment of technology that you've maybe seen through COVID, that you've maybe witnessed that has been released or a new technology that's available um, that we're learning about? Well, okay, two ways to look at it. One, I don't believe technology is the same as it was 20, 30 years ago. And you're asking, well, why is that? Well, because back then you could bring out technology at a faster rate. You could decide you want to uh, develop this product and in six weeks or 10 weeks or two months, it was it was out there in the marketplace. The problem today is because of the FDA, mm-hmm. because of that uh, form of organization, things are held up now. It's, it's so much more difficult to bring technology to the marketplace. So that's the problem right now. It's, it's a shame because if patients, let's just say, again, we're going to focus on the medical side of this, patients need that technology, but it's been held up a lot right now and i'm not sure what's going to change immediately to unless people just decide hey we need this we need this for patient care so that's the biggest problem right now with you have medical companies out there that cannot bring out fast enough anymore i mean they're lucky to bring out five new products a year maybe or less because of it just become almost a political nightmare Mm -hmm. of trying to get things through um the FDA and trying to get it into marketing. There's just so many more factors. There's so much more paperwork. It, it's a shame that technology hasn't um, surfaced as well as it could. Uh, 
And then the other thing was the, the technology that, you know, that I still find kind of fascinating in the last five years is these, is this robot technology. Mm-hmm. It's growing, but you're seeing this robot coming out. It's almost like having an artificial intelligence. And you'll see that becoming more and more prevalent, you know, that will connect with a robot. But I think you'll see a robot will become more and more and um, necessary or needed or just it's growing tremendously in all these different various procedures. Mm-hmm. Well, you even see it in the hospitals today, right? The drug delivery machines that are kind of moving from room to room and they, they check out the medications based on your hospital bands. And so I think we've both had so much exposure in that space. It's so fun to, I think, look back and say, I wish I could live another hundred years right. to see where it's going because while well, as regulations kind of stop the process, there's always these innovators that are creating ideas of, of what's going to happen and how we can save more lives. So I love being on the cutting edge of that. And it's been fun kind of talking a little bit, a little bit of history uh, for that because you've had 38 years at your current company. And so that's a long time to kind of learn how to help people become you know, I guess better. I'm considered either an idiot or an icon. <laughs> I don't think I'm an icon, so I'll say I'll go towards the idiot. Oh, mode. no. Hi, this is Melanie Ake. When you visit everydayleaders.com, you'll find valuable resources to become a better leader in your life. Women's leadership programs, including top floor women, our monthly networking events, corporate workshops, and strategic business coaching services. Discover classes and products to develop yourself, including our morning leadership devotionals. Don't forget, order one of my inspirational books, sign up for classes, or pick up some gear in the leader store. Listen to the Everyday Business Leaders podcast, apply to be a guest in our studio, or even sponsor your own commercial advertisement. Contact us today at everydayleaders.com. Well, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you bring someone when they're beginning their career in sales, because this is what you're really gifted in. Talking about somebody that, hey, how do we connect to people that we're not comfortable with or confident with? You know, they're going in and speaking and working with, because in your division, you really help people in procedures. So being equipped to learn the procedure itself and then getting the confidence to speak to a physician that's had many, many years of training in research, and then they have to help them through procedures. Right. So what are the basics? If somebody wanted to start a medical sales career, what should they be thinking about or looking into to learn how to become better for the interview or to become a better salesperson? Well, you know, first of all, People think that sales is complicated. It's not rocket science. It's you talking to me and me talking to you and communicating together. But I said some of my pet peeves, I mean, some things I still see 38 years later, I still see that people don't get back to people. You want to be successful? Get their own time. I'll give you an example. If you have a 10 o'clock meeting and your boss calls, I'd get there at 930 and be in and be ready to go. You know, uh, and it's not happening across the industry. The other thing is people aren't getting back to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether or not it's by text message or phone call or email and, and they're waiting 24 hours or 48 hours or, you know, a couple of days. I mean, I don't get this because you choose not to get back to someone. You have a choice and you can do it immediately. I, I've been in plenty of meetings in my 38 years and never been that busy where I can't get back to someone pretty quickly and pretty efficiently. And that probably is one of the worst things in the industry to this day of why people aren't successful is because they don't really treat that as um, 
something that's really high priority. It's got to be like urgent mode. It's a behavior change. You know, you got to do it in your personal life as well as you do it in your professional life. So, so that's one of the principles that I, that I continue to see. I don't care if you've been in the business 10 years, 20 years, or one year, that just people are not taking it very seriously. And it just drives me crazy. And it, and it, Starts from the top down. If your boss is your for your boss, your boss's boss, your boss's boss's boss doesn't get back to you, well then, what's that show you? You know, it's kind of like uh, I, I treat everyone the same way. It doesn't matter if you're my boss, if you're a customer, if you're a colleague, if you're a friend. I'm gonna get back to you the same uh, quick way, uh, sense of urgency that I've always have. Mm-hmm. The other thing that probably comes out. You know, I've been interested to hear is that people don't know how to network very well. I still network today, 38 years later. I still use my network to um, to help people get into other positions. I mean, I always laugh. I said, I wonder how much my um, my book uh, would be worth to somebody. The problem is nobody would call them back. <laughs> they could have my book. And they could and they could uh, see all of my network, and I'll be glad to add. You can access all my network, but the problem is, he probably wouldn't return the call. <laughs> so you've got to be able to, as you said, you've got to be able to get in there and 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 show heart, and show that you care about somebody, and show that you know, be yourself. You know, uh, you make mistakes; it's okay. But if you're you're yourself, they're going to understand you. And just, you know, but if you don't care about what you do and you don't have a passion for what you do, they're going to see it across the table. And I always said one big thing, you, you don't, they don't have to figure you out, but you've got to figure them out. Mm. So reading people, understanding them, listening to them, um, I listening is the biggest, right? Listening is the biggest key. And I love what you talk about in your first couple of books is if you don't have the patience to be able to listen, then you're really not going to understand how to value that relationship and you're not going to know how to serve them. And so I, I, uh, I really love the things that you touched on because you teach this to a lot of universities. You're asked to speak at a lot of universities and you, and you really take them through the process. And because that confidence that you speak about doesn't come through college. It doesn't come through maybe your home life, maybe your peers. You really have to own that and personal development, right? right. Well, it's kind of branched off the personal branding. Yes. I speak a lot to that. And people always say, when I say personal branding, <laughs> the first thing they go is, well, what about my company? Is the company brand? I said, no, it has nothing to do with your company. This has to do with you. Do you develop your personal brand, the, the word go? Do you realize that, you know, that maybe people see you differently than you see yourself? Mm. And I always said the the best game you can play is go out to breakfast with your best friend, or go with your um, your uh, high school coach, or go out with someone that you respect, and you sit across and you, and you get your eggs and bacon, and you're sitting around. Okay, get a piece of paper out, both of us. You put the top five things that you think about me. I'll put the top five things I think about myself. You know what happens? You put the both papers in the middle. They look at each other. Oh my God, I didn't realize I was that you thought of me like this. 
uh, because we love ourselves. I'm only going to put the five greatest things about me on a piece of paper. Yeah, I'm this, this, and this. But if you really want to truly know how your personal brand is, ask your best friend to put it on a piece of paper. And you may have to suck it up a little bit. You may have to go, gosh, I didn't realize it. So that's that's the key of all this is 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 do you know how to develop your personal brand write it down figure it out and 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 then and then live it but if i would have known now what i didn't know then i wish i would have asked that because i had no idea what i thought of myself 25 30 years ago may not have been what somebody else saw Mm -hmm. those are such great tips anybody that's taking any kind of a job not even a sales job but today, I think a lot of my clients and a lot of people that, that I network with say people are not showing up today for calls, for interviews, uh, for great jobs. They're like they, they ghost each other or the employer ghosts them. And it's our culture that's changing so much. So we really need to get back to the basics that you teach it's so important. Well, I don't know if it's any different than it was 30 years ago. And <laughs> I think John Maxwell or whatever, your, your coach <laughs> and your mentor, if I, the, the, the few things I've read in his books, it's very simple principles. It's mm-hmm. not, like I said, again, this is not difficult, but people are making it more difficult and they don't need to. Go back to the values, right? So talk about your third book. You said this is... This is kind of, we're launching this right now, right? We're talking about it. So your accountability, your third book, talk to me about what's in the third book that we're going to learn. You know what? I learned one thing about my previous two books. For some reason, the word sales doesn't always perceived as a as a great term uh people don't gravitate to it and i'm still preaching that no matter what you do in your career you're in sales and i'm still getting you know no i'm not i'm a marketer no i'm an it no i'm an entrepreneur but we're all in sales so i went back and i said what's missing so you know the biggest thing right now is is people are, how do I start a business? How do I start something? How, how do I become successful in a, in a business venture? So I put together a book around, it's, it's solely around my principles of how to be successful in business. And it, again, it's not rocket science. I didn't bring anything out of the woodwork like, oh my God, I never heard this before. Maybe I've seen it in a different way, but you know, some of my principles I talk about is, you know, relationship building and what does that mean and how to do it, the how to's. And again, going back to, you know, show up and, and be on time is to be early and, and learn how to respond and get back to people. And then I, we go through the principle of, you know, networking and, and, you know, we talk a lot about the, the attitude and because, you know, there was a, there was a thing that was done years ago. Most people look at the glass half empty, not half full. And, you know, so then we talk about the last but not least, our principle about passion. What does passion mean? How do you obtain passion? Can you obtain passion? So I tried to bring these principles in to the new book of just saying, okay, if we can understand these principles and really fine tune them, but, the, but their behavior changes. I try to teach that you can't just go go home and go, okay, tomorrow I'll, I'll call Melanie more often now. I'll respond back to Chip immediately. No, that didn't work like that. It has to be an ongoing. It's almost like, uh, you know, you have to, like an addiction. You have to get so ingrained with it that it becomes part of who you are, your DNA. And if you don't, it's not going to happen overnight. So 
that's what I was hoping to do. And then my last but not least kind of kind of hopefully uh, words of a wisdom is I brought it back around and said, okay, now if you have a family, you know, or you want to have children or you do have children, here's how you can make your life more successful in the business because you're making their life. And so there's things we did with our children that I believe that are really critical and and to having a successful you know, business that they'll hopefully partake in someday. So, so I kind of brought it back around and, and, and really to me, that's the highlight mm-hmm. of the book, of the business. Book. Sharing your wisdom from sales to life, right? So what's the name of the book? Have I you named say. it yet? Oh, <laughs> will you I'd share it with you. us? When I, it... <laughs> I, yes, I will. But you know, it's funny about, as you know, you've written books. I'm verbal. So for anyone out there right now that wants to write a book, um, obviously, I could teach you how to do it, but I used a microphone. So a lot of people don't do that. I actually went into a studio just like this, mm-hmm. and I put everything down. And don't worry if it's in Chapter 9 or Chapter 1. It doesn't matter. Just get it down on paper. So I'm verbal, so I did it that way. Um, so, But what's interesting is, you know, you asked me, what's the title? Well, it's funny about that. I thought the title was at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen like that at all. <laughs> you actually finish your book. And the title then is is determined after that. And even what's even more funny is that you think you have all your chapters lined up and you're ready to go and you got content. Well, it happens every time. Two months before or two weeks before it's supposed to come out, I've changed two chapters because I dreamt about it. Because it came to me overnight or something happens. That's the beautiful thing about writing. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into writing books, which is, you know, I think only 1% of the population or less. Uh, most people will talk about it, but most people don't finish it or don't do it. But but that's what's so beautiful is because you it's ongoing venture. You, you can change things up and one chapter can end up being negated mm-hmm. and another thing comes to your mind so yeah it's it, so no I don't know what what's happened to me though is I got started I got going I got it all down on paper and then I kind of got busy and took another direction and now you're getting me more excited to get back to it <laughs> and, and to get it done because I want people to share I'm not worried about selling books I'm more worried about sharing do I have something that I could say that maybe it would resonate with you and it's not something I, I, I hate when people say oh there's something really new out there there really isn't something really new it just may be a different way to do it mm-hmm. or say it or maybe the way I say it to you may resonate more to you than than someone else that's all it is but you got to be open to the fact that you know keep it simple I love this keep it simple and sweet I'm a kiss guy <laughs> keep it simple stupid keep it simple and sweet this is nothing hard. This is just something that you've got to take these pieces of this puzzle and you've just got to walk through it and you just got to really reiterate it and repeat it to yourself and you've got to prepare. Preparation, preparation, preparation. You've got to prepare and that is really key. Uh, wisdom from Chip Helm. I don't know about if it's wisdom. <laughs> I do remember I have chipisms yeah. <laughs> and I forgot about that. You know, those are little things that, you know, I say that I always said, if I get, tell you something I want you to remember, it's called a chipism. You know, it's like, hey, be on times be early. You know, you're going to hear that till the till I'm on my deathbed because I believe in that. And you'd be, you'd be amazed. I know people are out there, oh, you think you're early? 
Well, you know what? If you show up uh, two minutes before my meeting with me, you probably might as well just walk out the door. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, you won't be successful. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. It's the little things. You know, uh, that are important. I, I want you to come back when you have your book released because I want to talk about the depth of what's in those chapters because I know it's taken you a long time to really get where you are and you have so much knowledge to share with so many people. You're so respected in the community. And, uh, and I don't know about that. Oh, yes, you are. We, we appreciate you coming in and just celebrating all the things that you have been doing. Um, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there like one thing that you want our viewers to, to remember about just who they are as a community leader that they can do right now? To make well, you, a difference. You know what? I, I, when I think about leadership, I think about one thing. Treat people. This is a golden rule by Chip Helm. <laughs> Not the golden rule that you think I'm going to say, because <laughs> it's a little bit changed in the wordage. But you want to treat people like they want to be treated. Mm. Not treat people like I want to be treated, but treat everyone like they want to be treated. And and I'll and I'll use one more thing from Carrie Curry, since you and I both love <laughs> Carrie Curry. Carrie said one thing I'll never ever forget. He said, you know, he has employees and stuff like that. He goes, well, treat your employees like you expect your employees to treat the customer. Mm. Treat your employees like you want your employees to treat the customer. And how true is that? Because then then how can you not have a successful business if you just do that one thing, even as a leader? And that's pretty much uh, in a nutshell. But I'll tell you, Melanie, before you end this, this lady across from me is one of the most fantastic women I've ever met. And uh, what she's done across the community in Indiana and across the Midwest and across this country, what she's doing and, and the impact you're having with everyday leaders and what you're doing, uh, you should just be commended. Uh, I feel very small and just a small part of, of, of what you've done in your success. You should be the one um, that I'm asking you questions because you, um, you're quite the leader. In my mind. Thank uh, you. And I'll turn this around on you real fast. I, I'm going to turn around and become the host for like five <laughs> seconds. Tell me tell me one thing that uh, I'd like to learn about you and about what you believe at this point after the last five years when, when it concerns leadership. I mean, what what is important to you? What's that one nugget that Chip can take with mm. him? Being consistent enough in your life so that you get clarity on what to say yes to and what to say no to. You talk about personal brand a lot, and you've been a big impact for me to think about that. And it's really important, I think, as people are growing and changing, it's kind of scary not knowing what's going to develop. But you really have to be consistent and be committed to the process. And so that you really know, gain clarity on what does that look like for you in your life because it doesn't have to look like anybody else, but it absolutely, you have to have those basic qualities to take those with you and, and just continue to grow and it will make an impact. I like the word consistency because when I think about consistency in a leader, I think that, you know, if, if you're my boss 
and I report to you, Melanie, I would expect and I would hope that if I walked in your office Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock and I had a problem, okay, and we, we got it, whatever, and if I came back on Thursday morning at 8 o'clock and I had that same problem or similar problem, that you would be consistent with me about how you'd respond, how you would act, um, because a lot of that's and that's the unfortunate thing about a lot of adequate leaders that they you don't know what you're getting on Tuesday versus Thursday versus the next week and that's not a really good leader but that's what I think when I think of consistency is that leadership you've got to be consistent uh, how you approach it and how you respond and how you um, take care of your employees mm-hmm. because people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. There you go. Now you couldn't have, you couldn't have put it better. Hell, I probably should have changed places and become the host, <laughs> and you could have been on this side, and probably <clears throat> probably had a better interview oh, no. this morning than uh, than doing this. No, this is fun. I appreciate your time. This has been great. I want you to come back and be a friend of the show. Don't wait five years. <laughs> come back. I'll come back anytime you want, and we can talk about any kind of subject you want to talk about. Awesome. Thank you very much, Chip for being a community leader, a business leader, and a wisdom teacher. You're great. I don't know if it's a wisdom. <laughs> it's, it's just things that I've had to go through that uh, I probably have made a lot of mistakes and maybe I've learned from them. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Everyday Business Leaders. I know you were inspired to think and grow differently because Chip Helm was here in the studio. He's amazing, so you should follow him as well. Remember, the journey of growth and innovation never ends. It's our mission to keep bringing you the best insights from our local community, too. So stay tuned for more episodes that are filled with wisdom, innovation, and inspiration. This is Melanie Ake signing off from JP the Geek Studio, where better IT service is just a call away. Remember, they say own it, secure it, and protect it. Until next time, don't forget to follow our channel and turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. Everyday Leaders helps you to develop strategies to become a better leader in your life. It's not what you do in a day, it's what you do every day that makes the most impact.